Hey folks, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends take you through the plot of romance novels, scene by scene, and guffaw along the way at our own antics. We're still on winter hiatus, so if you want some fresh content, video episodes, and more, head over to our Patreon. In this walk down memory lane, we've got After We Fall, an episode we consider a hidden gem. If you've been confused when we reference the what are eggs lady, we're talking about this episode. Plus, you get incredibly hypothetical discussions about outdoor sex and not at all hypothetical discussions about rubbing your vag all over another person's car. Confused? Keep listening and you'll find out. Here we go. Oh, hey, Aaron. Oh, hey, Melody. How are you? Horrible. Oh, no. Horrible. <laughs> I feel terrible. I think uh, I don't know if it's allergies or it's sickness or what, but I woke up to read this book this morning and I just kept being like, okay, maybe I could read just one more chapter and then I could fall asleep. Aww. But then I couldn't because I had so many pages left. I'm so You're sick. You're so sick. Anyway, it's going to be okay. Maybe I'll just take a couple naps in the middle and you can like do some recapping without me. Yeah, fair. You can okay, just curl good. up right there. That sounds so nice. I'll send a telegram to Rooster so that oh, she'll come in and lick your gosh. face to wake you up. Uh-huh. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. She's, she telegrams, right? That's, yeah, she probably does telegram. She probably owns a telegramming company I don't know about. <laughs> but also, she'd never, like, gently, w- like, lick my face to wake me mm, up. She would mm. be like, hey, bitch, I want food. <laughs> That's what it would be. This is Fair bullshit. <laughs> That's rooster. I went to the fair last weekend, the Alaska <gasps> yeah. State Fair. Oh, my gosh, you guys. The Alaska State Fair is my favorite thing. We saw goat milking demo. We saw Ooh. the big pumpkin. Do you know about the big pumpkin? Oh, I saw. I saw the picture you posted of the big pumpkin. And I, every year, you it's get like to go what, to the 1, state fair. It's like 1,500 pounds? Yeah, I don't know. You go to the state fair. That thing was insane. You see the big pumpkin. You see the big cabbage. You go to Brad's World <laughs> of Reptiles. You eat the curly fry brick. I don't know if they have that in other states. It's very good. It's good Yikes. stuff. And then we went to a concert. We went to see Lovely the Band and Bishop Briggs. It was super duper fun. There were only like 200 people there. It was very cold. Wow. She wore a sweatshirt. (laughs) Oh, good for her. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) You be comfy. (laughs) You're doing enough work up there. Yeah, she really was. She was a great concert. Yay. So your immune system is a little tapped. I think that's it. I think that the combination between like, I don't know about you guys, but I get sick every time the heater turns on for the year because it's like all the dust comes out and stuff. So it's like the heater came on this week, spent a lot of time outside at the fair in the right. coldness. Uh, so I think that's what did me in. Yeah. Also, the dogs are like switching coats right now. It's the worst. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was really excited not only for your Alaska State Fair pictures, but also for like some of the shit that happens in the book this week because <laughs> it took me back to my country roots. Uh, we're oh, probably going right. to have Gosh. a couple of bing, bong bong, barnyard times with Melody. I forget about your country roots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forget that when you say, I saw a goat milking demonstration, 
I know exactly the difference between milking a cow and milking a goat and like oh. the way that you're the difference between the way you move your hand and all that. Yeah. Can I say I went up to this little 4-H girl. She allowed us to pet the goat afterwards. So I was like, Aww. I was very game for that. So I went up and I was like, <laughs> how'd you get into goats? And she was like, well, <laughs> perfect. She's like, well, um, we weren't into goats. And my mom married my stepdad. And he was like, you guys have to do goats. So now we do goats. But he doesn't even like goats. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Man, that is like a, an on point stepdad story. Like, wow, my stepdad's making us do it. He doesn't even like it. (laughs) (laughs) Did she tell you what she was doing before that? I don't know if they already had a farm. I didn't want to pry too much. I felt like I'd already stepped on a weird stepdad thing, you know? Interesting. I raised hogs for the fair. Mm -hmm. There were hog races at the fair. Oh. It was called the bacon something races. It was good stuff. All right. Well, a lot of this book takes place on a farm, and it made me really happy. We read (laughs) After We Fall by Melanie Harlow. Should we get into it? Sure. I guess. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Rock on. Wait, do you want to tell us of your initial impressions? Because our texting was not <laughs> promising, shall Here's we say. Here's the thing, <laughs> guys. I hated the beginning of this book and the end of this book. The middle was fine. The middle was pretty good. Yeah, but the the whole beginning, I was just like, no, like, I don't like her. I don't like him. I don't ha- like how this whole thing's being handled. And then they got into it and it was fine. But yeah. You know what? I actually had the same impression when I first, like the first three chapters, I was like, well, I hate both of them. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. You texted me and you're like, how are you enjoying the book? And I was like, oh, you mean Christmas on Crimson Mountain part two? And you I mean- said, bite your tongue, madam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you were already into the sex at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was just into him grumping around and being like, my wife is dead. Oh, by the way, right. trigger warning for any widowers out there who might be listening. We've got another Christmas on Crimson Mountain. Um, Eris and the Beast is what I called this one. Ah, this I like, like it. Uh, I like it. It's another one of those my wife died and I will never live again books. Yeah, um, he's also a, a veteran. And I thought that a lot of you the PTSD nonsense was really clumsy and yeah. a little heavy handed, but like not in any of the ways that you want it to be heavy handed. So, you know, that's okay. All right. So let's do this thing. Yes. So we've got Margot and Jack. Margot Lewiston Thurber. And I was just like, (laughs) oh, no, I'm going to hate her mother. I know it. And I did. Yeah, because her mom's nickname is Muffy, of all things. Like, you can't get worse than that in a rich person scenario. But I like the first chapter of this. It opens up real great. Right oh the yeah, the, the opener is amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, the very first line is, "I didn't throw the pie." <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, and it's like I didn't throw the pie, and really, I think what everyone should be focused—that's what everyone should be focused on: the supreme restraint, the Buddhist-like control, the fucking regal nature with which I glanced at the award-winning cherry cherry delight and decided against it. And the reason why is that the man she was throwing things at was wearing a very crisp white shirt yeah and she couldn't bring herself to do that and she was like it's a step too far (laughs) right and she's gonna hurl it at her ex-boyfriend so this is like a perfect first paragraph we know it's so we know everything about her we know that she's stylish we know that she's rich we know that she oh she says something about she's at a party for her dad's senate campaign we know her dad's a politician we know she's fighting with her ex-boyfriend we know she's usually composed 
We know she's buttoned up. You know, like, right. One paragraph, I know exactly who Margot Thurber Lewiston is. Yeah. Even though I don't remember her name. I'm sick, you guys. It's Thurber Lewiston. I, sure. but And I, I put it the other way because she always talks about the Thurber women. Ah, uh, yes. Because her mother is a Thurber woman, but she is a Lewiston because patriarchy. Right. <laughs> so then it rewinds and we get the story behind why she wanted to throw this pie. Which is a doozy, y'all. A doozy. This is a great opener. It's so good. And I also love it because I could, I hated him. I hated her ex like hated right it. off the bat. Mm-hmm. But I also could see why she was contemplating her choices. So oh, yes. she broke up with this guy like a year ago and she broke up Trip with him. With two peas. Oh, God. Oh. He's got little whales. Little polo guys, little alligators all over his clothes. Yeah, pink shorts with little whales on them. Get out of here. Get, Get out of here. Boat shoes. It, it flashed like me you. back to my days at Tulane Law School. Word up to Louisiana oh. law students out there slash graduated <laughs> Louisiana law students. And I was just like, I know exactly who this guy is with his stupid floppy hair and his stupid trust fund oh, and his God. stupid shorts. And his boat shoes. I flashed back to terrible frat parties at JMU in which oh, I yeah, brought I'm Starbucks. Sure it's the same. And yeah. glared at everyone because ain't nobody gonna roofie me. And I just made sure all the bitches <laughs> got home. Ain't roofie me. Those assholes. God, they're the worst. They are the worst. Anyway, so he shows up at her house. They've broken up a year ago because she wanted to get married and he was like, Margot, I'm never getting married. Yeah. And she was like, Well, I know what I want, so get out of here. And I love that about her. Yep. So it's two AM. He shows up drunk at her door. It's raining. Mm-hmm. And I also liked the the two rain scenes and how mm-hmm. they differed. Anyway, yep. shows up at her door and he's like, Margo, we need to we need to get married. And he pulls out a ring and he's like, we got to stop dicking around. We got to just pull our lives together and we have to do this. Yeah, And, and she's, she's like, like, you have a girlfriend. Yeah. I know her. Does she know you're here? And he's like, oh, well, I told her I was going out. <laughs> And then, like, he shows her the ring, and he's like, "Just put it, just put it on, just put it on, just put it on." And she's like, "Oh, it's so pretty. I really want to wear it, but I don't want to marry you." Yeah, it's a good ring. <laughs> um, so she puts it on, and he's like, "Yeah, we're like, yeah." She's like, I- "I'll think about it, and I'll get back to you." No, she doesn't put it on. Oh, doesn't she? No, I, I swore don't think so. she put it on. Well, if she put it on, she gave it back to him for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. gives it right back. Yeah, I okay. thought she took it off and then gave it back Maybe to Maybe she did. I'm pretty sick. Yeah, but I think that the temptation was too much with pretty yeah. ring. And okay. she had to see how it looked on her hand. <laughs> yeah, he tells her that they he needs to settle down and, and all yeah. this stuff. It's, it's, so it's rough. And he's so drunk. And we also learned during this conversation that her nickname is Go-Go. Also Which pretty I loved. rough. Oh, no. No, I loved it. I loved it. Hated Hated it. Muffy. I thought, well, I mean, yeah, like not for a grown ass woman, right? But, you know, Go-Go's a a cute nickname for Margo. No, I hate it. Behind closed doors. I guess if you're going to be named Margo, it just seems so snooty, I guess. But Margo is already a pretty like classy name. Yeah, I had the opposite. I thought it really like took it back a bit. No, I feel like Go-Go is the Muffy to like i just felt like it was a very 
oh, go, go. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So the next day, she goes out to drinks with her friends and she's like, hey, guys, this thing happened. It's crazy. And uh, they're like, well, you're not even contemplating it, right? She's She goes, should I not contemplate it? I should not contemplate it, right? Not, like, maybe. Yeah. And so there's one lot. super great good friend. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie's on the ball. And there's one shitty, shit-tastic friend, Claire. She's an Claire? enabler. Oh, yeah. Claire is a yes man who I worst don't have time for. She's Claire <laughs> is a hopeless romantic in the worst way. And she's yeah. like, I'd love a second chance romance. You could get back with him. And Jamie's Which is like, like, no. With the right person, sure. But not sure. this asshole. Yeah. Jesus. So Margo is saying, hey, do you think it's too late for us? And Jamie says, Fuck yes, I do. She banged the fist <laughs> on the bar and the surface of my drink rippled. Well, hold on. Maybe not, Claire said wistfully. I love a good Claire. second chance romance. This isn't Ugh. a movie, Jamie insisted, turning to Claire. Yes. This is real life. And he was a real dick to her. And Claire's like, oh, people can change. Blah, blah, blah. Not trip asshole yeah. McPants. And she says something about her husband, Quinn, who maybe was a book in the series, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was the first yeah. book. But Claire's like, look at you and Quinn. You swore you'd never have a boyfriend, least of all him. And then you gave Quinn a chance. And Jamie says, that's different. Quinn was insanely good in bed and Trip was a disaster, wasn't he, Margo? <laughs> all of those things are excellent yeah. points, Jamie. Yes, great points. You can't have an asshole who's also really bad in bed. Yeah, and that's she also no way she's to bringing live. up like, oh, you know, our families and blah, 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 joining our families together. And Jamie goes... So your family's both sailed here on the Mayflower or whatever. Big fucking deal. <laughs> if you don't want to tear his clothes off when he walked into your house last night, you don't have any chemistry. So Team Jamie, hashtag Team Jamie. Team Jamie all the way. Yeah. Although Jamie needs to put her foot down in other areas that I'll probably get into because ugh. So she goes to her father's senatorial campaign fundraiser the, that night. Um, so this is the night directly after him drunkenly proposing to her at 2 a.m. Yes. Walks in. She's all ready to like go up to him and be like, I'm really contemplating doing this with you. But he's standing there with his current girlfriend mm -hmm. in a group of people. And they're telling this incredibly, quote unquote, romantic proposal story where he shows up to the girlfriend's house drunk at 2.30 a.m. Uh -huh. <laughs> and proposes to her with the same ring. Same <laughs> ring. <laughs> I, this is horrifying. I mean, what jeweler is open at those that hour? You know, if you propose to <laughs> one woman with one ring. And it doesn't work out, and you turn around and propose to the next woman with the same ring, you are a dog. Yeah, unless it's your, like, grandmother's ring. Right. Then, sure. If it's a family heirloom, that's fine. But otherwise, return the GD ring and try again. Yeah. Well, Ladies I have different personalities. <laughs> Even if it's your grandmother's ring, I think you probably should alter it somehow, or I don't know. I just feel like uh, that's rough. Yeah, sure. Especially if it's short in time. Right. So she finds out that the reason this has happened, the reason that he has proposed to both of them is because he's in another round of awful gambling debt. This happens multiple times. So not only is he an asshole mm -hmm. with commitment issues who's terrible in bed, he's also a compulsive gambler. Yeah. And because whale shorts people are like oh let's forgive trip all of his no get out of here it is because whale shorts by the way i've seen i these know men. <laughs> i know 
So his dad apparently was like, you need to settle down. He actually uses the phrase, you got to stop dicking around trip Mm -hmm. and you need to get yourself married or you're not getting any of your inheritance. Right. And that is the night that he goes and blows off a bunch of steam and then decides to try both of his options, I guess, (laughs) to see Mm -hmm. if somebody will say yes to him. Well, I think he, because they'd been broken up for a year. I think he went to Margot first because he knew that that would like really make his father happy. Right. Whereas the other one is just like a working pair of ovaries and uh, <laughs> an empty uterus. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I so, don't well, know what to do. So Margot thinks she can deal with it for a while. And then she sees them, <laughs> quote, holding court in the dining room or the living room. I don't know. <laughs> and Amber is saying things like, he didn't even want to get married before me. She bragged. Oh. Did you, honey? I sure didn't, baby doll. <laughs> and like Margot's just seething. And he's like, I guess it just took finding the perfect woman to make me change my mind. And when you find her, you'll know. And she's like, Rrr. and then the thing that just like throws her over the edge is somebody says the ring is gorgeous. And Amber <laughs> says, isn't it? He had it custom made for me. <laughs> Trips goes, that's right. He kissed her on the back of her hand just for you. Oh, and then boy. Says, a second later, I hurled the first scone. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts just launching scones from the table at mm-hmm. him and just screaming about how she put up with his... Uh, boring golf stories and his clueless dick for three years <laughs> um and he's very like my dick isn't clueless or small <laughs> yeah she's yelling at him about how he doesn't understand the female orgasm probably true how she turned down his shitty proposal yeah and then amber's like what proposal mm-hmm. and trip looks at her and goes don't do this and so she doesn't mm-hmm. and i was like oh i would have done that for amber's sake you got to do, I mean, no, maybe not I in front of everybody. I would have done the opposite for Amber's sake because she needs to know that he doesn't actually saying. want her. No, that's what I'm saying. You've got to tell oh. Amber for Amber's sake. Oh, maybe yeah. not in front of everybody because that would be very right. humiliating for her. But you've got to tell yeah. Amber, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this was one of those things about Margot that really started to bother me. And she goes through a transformation by the end of the novel. But I was just like, you stopped yourself because you didn't want other people to know that you had even been contemplating it as of yesterday. And so you're putting your own misguided, completely ridiculous pride over an a woman's actual future. And sure. she sort of talks about Amber as being like a little bit low class. I don't remember exactly the terminology she uses, but it's pretty apparent that Trip has been sort of slumming since her, right? which is a gross concept to begin with. And it, it really felt to me like Margot, there was a little piece of her that didn't even think Amber was like worth the effort. Right. And I really hated that. But I, I don't know if I was projecting or not. It's possible. so anyway after that muffy is like you need to get out of dodge for a while because people cannot stop talking about the incident and uh, (laughs) it is serious business all of detroit high society is just a flutter which is ridiculous i mean yeah she says that like the the bakeries in detroit are selling out of scones i can't imagine a situation Uh where i'm like an heiress through a scone 
I'm gonna get me a scone. Like that doesn't I need make some scones. Any sense? Like no, there were some excellent scone puns though. Yeah. What was it? They called it Sconehenge. <laughs> a bakery named some scones, the Jilted Heiress, or something That's it. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next chapter, we meet Jack, and I was not impressed. No. All right. So we just get. Jack in a sleepless night thinking about basically so his wife Steph who was amazing died three years ago yeah can't sleep we get a little bit of he doesn't like surprises he doesn't like people sneaking up on him like his brother had snuck up on him recently and he had snapped at him yelled oh no he assaulted him did he (laughs) my note is assaults his brother for tapping him on the shoulder (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> and I, I understand because there's like he's got some PTSD symptoms from um, his tours in in Afghanistan, Iraq. Both. He's been everywhere. He's been everywhere. But my note was goody, goody, anger issues, because I don't know if we knew about the veteranness at that yeah. point. But no, we didn't. We just kind of get a hint of it. Oh, my other note is so his sister-in-law suggests that he can't sleep because he keeps going to sleep with the light on. And he goes, but I needed the light. Sometimes I felt like I couldn't even breathe until the sun came up. And then I don't know if this is like my personal PTSD from Split, but I <laughs> my note is, oh, what childhood trauma do we have now? <laughs> and then, you know, dead wife is the answer. It's not childhood. And, and this is kind of what bothers me about Jack. And don't get me wrong. Jack is super sexy hot. And by the time we get to the middle of the book, yes. I'm into it. Yeah, me too. But first chapter, though, rough. At the beginning of this book, just like we had in Crimson Mountain, just like we've had in a lot of other, you know, troubled heroes, his personality is troubled hero. His personality is army veteran slash widower. And that's not a personality. That's not a personality. All he is is gruff yelling and jumpiness and uh, sleepless nights. And it's there's people don't that's not how people are in the world. I mean, people can go through trauma and all kinds of stuff and still have um, interests and personalities and, you know, right. I don't know, well, something. Not to mention, not to mention that, that Jack, we learn through exposition from other characters, is incredibly passionate about this organic farm. Mm-hmm. And he's incredibly passionate about all of that. But you never actually see that from his perspective. You only see it from Margot's research into their farm. And and that was really annoying to me because we get a lot of firsthand perspective from him throughout the novel. It's a good 50% of the book. Yeah. But never do we see his passion for anything other than his dead wife or his angst over his new interest. Right. Well, and I think the idea is that he had that passion for the organic farm when him and Steph moved out there and now that passion has died. Because he's not into anything anymore except for farm work and yelling. And it's not yeah. believable to me that for the past three years, he has not done anything. You know what? He's not like made a friend or go- like right. gone anywhere or done anything. And I'm not saying it's not like a horrible, you know, you can be grief stricken for three years, but you can't never leave your house. And like that was the same Absolutely. thing in Crimson Mountain. That guy had not left his house in three years. Right. That's not believable. Right. Not to mention that farm work is very hard. You need to have a passion for something. And you just don't get that from his perspective at all. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then 
Margot decides she and J- Jamie talk and they both up? work at the same marketing PR firm. So they started this PR yeah. firm together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Margot's like, I need to get out of town. And Jamie's like, well, I have this new client that Quinn and I found. They're a farm way up in the whatever. And they need to work on their brand and stuff because they're really good at farming, but nobody knows to buy food from them. Right. So she decides to take that gig and she's going to also add some time afterwards. Jamie excellent creature that she is calls her Sconewall Jackson which I good work. really like good work <laughs> but then Margot arrives and Jack is incredibly angry oh what's up not before she goes on their website and looks at their family photo and already oh, sees yeah. Jack and Jamie had made a joke about maybe you can ride a cowboy or something while you're out yeah. on the farm get over trip a little bit and it says the third brother the only member of the family who wasn't smiling I zoomed in a little closer well damn maybe I would ride a cowboy <laughs> um, and so she already knows there's a hot dude out there yeah that's possibly good for sex <laughs> Right. But she's also sort of like Margot Thurber Lewiston doesn't do that, though. So we're just sure. work, work, work. Sure. So she arrives. Jack is super pissed about the whole PR idea because uh, this is another thing that didn't quite track for me. Like, if you're passionate about the farm, but you're also not making money, like mm-hmm. what? How are you going to keep farm? Well, this kind of did track <laughs> for me. I did he it. didn't. He didn't hate the idea of like revamping the website and making a logo and stuff. He was fine with that. He didn't want things like she's talking about like agritourism and having like college kids come out and pick shit on the farm and like have a little sure. experience having weddings on the farm and having a bed and breakfast. Like he doesn't want other people. He doesn't want his farm to change. Like I think no, he's fine no, with advertising I, it. He wasn't though. She had no. not even come up with those ideas. And he was just like, other people at the place <laughs> that I live. Why are you like that, family? All and right, they're like, we're not making right. any money. <laughs> like, that's why. Because nobody knows where we are or what we do. And he's just like, farm work is good. Nothing else is. Well, maybe this is supposed to track over his adversity to change just in general. Like, three years I later, guess. his wife's clothes are still in his closet. Like, his yeah. her shampoo's still in the yeah. shower. Maybe he doesn't want any thing to change because of that i don't know maybe we learn a lot more about his excellent wife steph and like the way that the contrast between the way he was with her and then without her he talks mm-hmm. about his ptsd and his stubbornness about moving on because that's something that's really a key factor in his character is that he thinks the only way to honor Margot, or i'm sorry only way to honor steph is to just grieve her forever. Yeah. Like, never be happy again. Yeah. And keep punishing himself for things we'll find out about later. But then, uh, my note is, I hate him until he rocks his nephew to sleep. You guys, there <laughs> is so much big hot man being cute with a baby Did in this nothing book. for me. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Nope. Oh. Oh, it did a lot of things for me. I'll yeah, tell you did that. It. <laughs> oh boy! No, nope. <laughs> yeah, he like, had those hot oh, dad okay. vibes. We're gonna have a nephew that I have to read about. I hate it, you guys. I hate it when there's a kid in a romance novel. <laughs> it's just like get out of here. Like this is supposed to be the. This is supposed to be my time. This is me time. There shouldn't be kids running around. <laughs> Unless the kid is hilarious, or in this case, it makes the hero look super foxy. I was just like, I don't know. It It doesn't doesn't make him look foxy to me. 
Yeah. I will heartily (laughs) disagree with you and move on. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) So their first meeting is this business lunch at the farm. His brother and his wife are um, chefs, and so they're going to make the whole thing. And their dream has always been to have a farm-to-table restaurant, and it's a blah, blah, blah. So they have a, a beautiful luncheon. He shows up for a little bit. He is super rude and yeah. doesn't even stay for all of it. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to be perky and nice and all of that, and he's just not having it. Yeah. So he grumps away and... Everybody's like, well, I'm really sorry about our brother, but, you know, tragic past, tortured soul. Georgia, his sister-in-law, kind of explains it to Margo and is like, hey, this this is kind of what's going on. And him and his wife were so in love. Then Margo- also doesn't track for me. I don't know why. What? Maybe I'm just not that person. I would be like, I'm sorry. He's kind of an asshole sometimes. I would never be like, but 17 years ago- this terrible thing happened to him. I don't know why. I just, I don't think I would connect it when talking to a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. But I know people like that who would. Oh, yeah. And maybe okay. she's just Fair. one of those people. Fair. Um, but here's, here's a weird little inner monologue from Marco. I want to know if <gasps> oh, you thought oh, this was weird me. as well. Okay. Yeah. So Georgia had said they were so in love. So she has, ident- Margo has identified uh, Jack as a sexy man. Okay. They were so in love. What was that like? Tripp and I had been together for three years, but never once had I felt so in love with him, nor could I imagine him thinking that way about me. So in love sounded so passionate, and it must have been visible to other people. Maybe they couldn't keep their hands off each other. For a moment, I let myself wonder what Jack was like in bed. Rough or sweet? Selfish or generous? Blah, blah, blah. Did he use his hands? Did he have a big dick? Blah, blah, blah. My stomach whooshed, and suddenly I realized I'd gone from imagining Jack with his wife uh-huh. to picturing him with me. And I'm like, this is weird, Margo. Like, <laughs> if you met a sexy man and you found out that he had a dead wife, would you be like, I wonder what they looked like when they fucked? Like, no. No. Especially since she's never actually seen a photo of this wife before. Exactly. Just picture she couldn't him with you. picture right off, Margo. Just just him yeah. and you. Don't also. She had just talked about like literally at drinks with her best friend. She had just talked about how passionately in love Jamie was with Quinn. Mm-hmm. Why is this a mystery to you, Margo? Yeah, <laughs> you know what that looks like. You told me the reader that yeah. you know what that looks like, yeah. and now suddenly you can't imagine it because I of just... your own what. That passage was anyway. so super weird to me. I was like, why are you imagining them? Do yeah, is she is she imagining them like is she imagining him with like ghost bride? I don't like, know. Like are we talking are we talking nightmare before Christmas? And she's imagining him with Sally? <laughs> like who is it, Margot? Which dead wife? <laughs> oh man. And so uh, then we switch to Jack's narrative and he is uh, identified Margot as a sexy woman as well, which as this is marketing also Barbie. Marketing Barbie. This is yeah. <laughs> very Christmas on Crimson Mountain for me as well, because that yeah. widower had also been like, I'd seen many, many sexy women and I'd never been attracted to one, but now this one, without any explanation as to why, except for fate, magnetism, chemistry, you know, it's like pheromones. Nah, I don't right. feel like that's, it, that never works for me, that trope. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, he's thinking he's so very he's dirty thoughts about right. Her. Yeah. Oh, and then he decides that he's he needs to go to town and nurse a beer 
and brood and be a sad man. Yes. For in just in public though. Yeah. Let's do that. So he goes to this bar. So she also decides to go out. She approaches and they they talk about things. He can't stop noticing her legs. She's pretty sure that he's noticing her legs. They talk about the farm PR. And then this is where she brings up agritourism. And he super hates that idea. But he also super hates how attracted to her he is. And then there's a lot of pearl necklace talk. Yeah. That that goes almost to where you think it might, but stops just short. (laughs) Yeah. Every time she always wears a pearl necklace because she's a... Thurston. What is she? Thurbden. Thurber Lewiston. Yep, I don't know. Lady. Um, but she always, always wears her pearls. <laughs> he says that her plans for the farm sound like a fucking nightmare and he leaves yeah. kind of rudely. And she calls her friend, talks to Jamie for a little bit, tells them, tells Jamie that he's super grumpy but super hot. Um, she Googles up the drunk driving incident that caused Steph to die. I wanted to ask you about this. Hmm. Would you do that? Google it up. I don't think it would ever cross my mind. Listen. <laughs> would a reasonable person not Google it up? Sure. But do you know me? <laughs> I know. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. I may have Googled it up before I even got out there. I would have known everything huh. about all of them. I'm a Googler. <laughs> I can't not. Fair. So Fair. Yeah. I probably I think wouldn't that- have even needed Georgia to tell me all of that. I probably would have been like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I already read it. Yeah, I think that Aaron, I don't know if you know this, HBs, but Aaron could absolutely moonlight as a private detective. I think that <laughs> she should open her own private detective agency at some point in I her would, life. I would, I'd be great at it. I just don't think there's any so money in good. it. She's so good. Yeah, I, oh, I would love fair. to do it. But most of private yeah. detecting is just following people around to see if they're cheating. Yeah, I know. All right. Then should we have this whole inner monologue about her being like, I have to show him that I care about his plight. Like, his why passion. though? Like, what? Besides, right? the ide- I ad- <laughs> identify many people as sexy throughout the day, every day. I never yeah. am like, I must help them. <laughs> like, it's very right. weird. Is it because his <laughs> wife even, died? I don't know. I don't know because I, I don't even think that she cares about PR that much. No. Like, <laughs> The amount, oh my God, she keeps on talking about, she keeps on talking to Jamie, her business partner, about doing all of this work for them for free. And if I were Jamie, I would have very blunt talks with her about that yeah. too. Oh, Because yeah. I don't care what Bing, kind boom, of- Don't fuck your clients. Yeah. That's the well, whole segment. Okay, no, I don't, no, that's not my segment. <laughs> oh, okay, it's my segment. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It can be your segment. No, my segment is- Bing, boom, bong. Not everybody has a trust fund. Go, go. Like, <laughs> Jamie doesn't have a trust fund. She's she's trying to do hard work for yeah. real American dollars. Yeah. Are you paying her for the time that you're spending up on this farm on work vacay? No, <laughs> you're not, you asshole. Also, like, if we're going to be business partners, make some money for our business, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Yeah, I also had the question of, is this a normal PR marketing thing? Do you know about this? Is it like normal for her to go out and spend 10 days on this farm to be their no, marketer? Not, no, not if you're not getting super paid for it. Like, yeah. not, And not if there's not like a, a really important reason. Sure, people might do factory tours or whatever to get to know the product and get to know the thing. But no, this is... 
this is her going out of her way in order to get away from Detroit. That's all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I bet she's paying to stay. I bet personally Margot is paying for this. I would think. Absolutely. But she's supposed to be doing work for monies. I'm not saying <laughs> the company is paying yeah, for I gotcha. her thing, but she could take those three days or she could just take the time off. She's right. doing work for their company and saying, mm, it's free because I personally am rich. Get yeah. out of my PR firm, <laughs> madam. I will replace you with someone who wants to help. <laughs> so, <right>. so the <laughs> next morning she goes jogging yeah oh, oh my god <laughs> get ready for some logistics time all right <laughs> yes okay so she goes jogging she doesn't wake up Im- immediately and pee which is the weirdest thing i've ever heard That's, in my life because who doesn't need to pee immediately gets to pee when they wake right? up that's never Frankly, happened a lot of times that's what wakes me up is that's, my need to yeah. pee that's what you have to do before anything when you wake up yeah so I, she so oh, it's so odd so she so goes, she goes jog, running uh, she's gonna go jog around the farm yeah having no idea how big this thing is right or anything so she has an internal monologue uh also guys margo is a dummy a big big dummy and this is one of the first <laughs> times we figure that out she says <laughs> Would peeing outside like an animal be worse than in a porta potty? Oh, because she recounts this whole time where she went in a porta potty and it was the worst thing in her life and she thought she might the get a bacterial one time. infection. Yeah. Okay. Would peeing outside like an animal be worse than the porta potty? What would I use to wipe myself? I'd heard stories about girls having to do this before, but clearly I'd never paid close enough attention! Exclamation point. Did you drip dry like a boy? Use a leaf? But I have sensitive skin. And what if I use poison ivy by mistake or some other harmful plant? Wasn't there something called poison oak? Wasn't there something called poison oak? Here's the thing. I think this was supposed to be cute and charming and funny. And neither of us have time for it. No, because it was not. Why are you like this? She says, I hopped from foot to foot, desperately wishing for another solution to magically present itself so I would not have to relinquish my dignity and give my vagina a poisonous rash. I just... Those are not the only options. <laughs> you so, dumbass. Okay. All right. Spoiler alert. So then she has... They, there's an encounter here. But then afterwards, after the encounter... She's going to go meet up with Jack. And she says to him, okay, I just need a half hour. I just need to run back, shower, and get in my car and come back to the farm. Okay. Yeah. So it's less than a mile. Has to be. She says like a mile and a half. Yeah. I have a really hard time with the way that distances don't seem to quite match up with my ideas about farm. (laughs) Like... Where farms are located, it's not often (laughs) that an entire working farm is located within walking distance of a town square that has a bar and then cottages for rent. Yeah. Like, I I don't know how that works. I don't know how you get from this, your your cottage, all the way to a lake (laughs) that's next to a working farm that I assume has to be at least 20 acres. That's just my assumption. Yeah. Also... I. Bing, boom, bong, organic farms. That lake is full of shit. Like, literal shit. Shit lake. Don't get in that lake. (laughs) But also, like, if you're 15 minutes from home and you realize you have to pee and you will not go outside because you are a thoroughbred woman or whatever, 
just run home because you're you can run home only a mile and a half from home and you'll probably run faster because you have to pee so less than 15 minutes i don't and understand. it's obvious that she actually didn't have to pee that badly because let's get into it okay so she goes off the track in order to pee she hops a fence she goes into the woods she's looking for a place that she might pee and then all of a sudden she hears this splash curse bloot it says <laughs> And <laughs> she goes over to figure out what the splash was because maybe it's a bear that's next to a working farm right next to a town in Detroit. Fine. She goes over and then she sees a naked Jack get up onto a dock situation out of the water and he is super buck naked. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I need a better look. And so she creepy, creepy crawlies over to a willow tree mm-hmm. that happens to be right there. And then she she climbs a tree. There is a cute line where she's like, I mean, I climbed a tree for this or something, mm-hmm. whatever. But so then she climbs this tree and then apparently just stands on a branch. She's mm-hmm. standing on a branch yep. watching him. There's a good internal monologue about... Uh, what she wants to do she's like i want him to touch himself i want to watch him touch himself i want him to catch me watching him touch himself i want him to punish me i want like all these things yeah it's good yeah he apparently has let's let's just say it a monster dick yeah monster penis guys it's another one yeah we can't just have an average nice looking dick Got, it's it's got, got to be to the be biggest elephantitis thing yep. that's ever happened. It's got to be something that might, quote, <laughs> tear her apart. Oh, boy. But also, like, okay, you see a sexy man. Yeah. You're out for a jog. Sure. You see a sexy man come out of the lake. Mm-hmm. You could either say, hey, I'm living <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. You could say nothing and walk and away. And turn your ass around. You could just stand there and watch him. Creepy. But not terrible. Sure. Or you could climb a tree for a better view. Margot and Lucas Gage have a lot in common. And I think that they may actually be destined for each other. (laughs) While she doesn't furiously masturbate, I feel like climbing a tree is equally as creepy. Yeah. And she definitely thinks about it. Oh, yeah. If she had been there longer, we may have seen some action. Yeah. Or if she had better balance. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so the tree cracks she then goes down does she say she pees a little she peed a I little think she says she pees i a did little. like that i did like that too it was it was the most realistic thing about the scene and he hears the crack immediately hits, hits the, the deck. deck correct yeah yeah yes absolutely Any of us would. well especially with his background mm-hmm. so he's looking around for an intruder or you know a person and she has to fess up to everything that she's just been doing, including but not limited to climbing a tree to spy on his cock and balls. Yep. Yeah. So he asks her about it. He thinks it's really charming that she's so embarrassed mm-hmm. instead of just human and a little creepy. <laughs> and she's like, hey, so I really want to talk about this. But first, can I use your bathroom? Uh-huh. Because let's review. She definitely didn't have to pee that badly. Mm-hmm. So he takes her in to his house. He identifies her as sexy. Yeah. Her, her, his name on her lips is a problem. 
She's a pest, but yeah. she's super duper hot. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She pees in his house and then explains what happened and, and like fully fesses up to it. And he thinks it's funny. So then yeah. he thinks she's more beautiful without all the makeup. Yeah. Mm, girl, you don't need Aww. your makeup. So this little exchange bothered me because she'd done so much Googling and talking to Georgia already. He's, you know, mean to her, of course. And she's like, are you going to be like this the entire time I'm here? Like what? Moody and uncooperative? Probably. Why? Do you hate me that much? I'm like, you know why? Like, she does this a lot where she's like, why are you being so distant? Why are you being so weird about fucking me in your wife's bed? Why are you blah, blah, blah? (laughs) And like, it's like, you know why, Margo? Right. You're not. He's been very transparent. Yeah. Don't make him say it. Like, that's a shitty (laughs) thing to do. Anyway. Yeah. So she's like, she starts yelling at him and he thinks she's fiery. She tells him that she's working for free. And I I love that. He's like, well, then you're either an idiot or you already have too much money. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I'm not an idiot, though. (laughs) I think that Jamie would beg to differ. Yeah. And then... He says that she looks like she's never gotten her hands dirty. And she goes, then get them dirty. And he nearly falls off the dock that they're standing on, <laughs> which I loved. Yes. <laughs> um, but basically, she's just like, show me around the farm. Tell me how to do things. And I want to learn about what you do. So they go through his house in order for her to run the 15 minutes back home and get dressed. Yeah. And on the way, she pets his cat, Bridget Jones, mm-hmm. and then spends a little time looking at his wedding photos. Which is weird. She's like, can I go look at them? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Like, that's such a <laughs> weird thing to do. <sighs> It is a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But also he thinks it's kind of nice because from his perspective, nobody talks about Steph to him anymore. So he kind of likes that she will at least do that. Sure. So anyway, she goes home and gets ready. She forgoes all her makeup, but she does put on the pearls and she doesn't know he loves it. And then they get eggs. The first task. My God. Is to get eggs from underneath chickens. My God, this woman is a dummy. Probably the easiest farm task. I can't. I would say. Unless you have a particularly angry hen, it's not hard. No. Normally, they just lift their ass for you so you can take (laughs) it from them. All right. So it reads, are you sure about this? Margot peeked into the first nesting box where three eggs sat in the hay. Yes. You just reach in, take the eggs, and put them in your basket. I thought gathering eggs might be an easy place for her to start, but Christ almighty, I was beginning to wonder if even this was too much for her. And he's just trying to get her to get the eggs. Finally, she reached in, took... These aren't even under a hen. They're just eggs. No! In hay. They're just eggs, that, like like a pen sitting on a desk. Right. These are she just reached in, regular eggs. took out two eggs and laid them gently in the basket. I did it, she said, smiling proudly. Like... Is she a fucking child? I really think she might be seven. Yeah. He says, now, come on, work faster like this. I reached into the next box and quickly pulled three eggs out with one hand, putting them in the basket. You're good at this. Wow. You're really good at this. I was just like, what? What?" Using his opposable thumbs? Like, that's (laughs) all he's doing. Margo. Oh, my God. Okay. So then I have to... I have to read you a series of the dumbest questions I've ever heard in my life. Um, yep, I'm there too. It was a long day. As I'd suspected, Margot was clueless about everything and had a thousand ridiculous questions. So you don't milk a male cow? 
is the first one. Uh huh. Why do you need an electric fence? How big is an acre? Are those goats? Are those goats, guys? <laughs> Margo is such a dummy. Are those goats? And my favorite one. Well, all right. I I just have something to say about this last one. And that is, so chickens lay eggs from their butts? <laughs> but there's and the more. answer is no. Yeah, the answer to <laughs> that is no. And then later she tells Jamie, did you guys know that chickens lay eggs from their butts? And it's like, did he not answer that question? Well, okay. So I do, I do bing, boong, bong, barnyard times with Melody. All right. Technically, it's the same orifice at, on like externally. Like there's only one hole. Oh. But the egg never touches the intestinal tract where all of the poop comes from because there's a little thing, nice little thing called a cloaca. And it just basically turns one hole into two shoots. It's really simple. <laughs> they It never, the only time an egg comes in contact with poop is if the hen has pooped in her nest and then laid an egg on the poop. Do we poop our babies, Margot? Same <laughs> idea. <laughs> and then, like the on the same page, he res- oh he says, God. "Who wouldn't be attracted to Margot? She was beautiful, smart, and kind. Smart, smart. It, she literally are just goats. <laughs> she literally just asked what a goat was. <laughs> I mean, unless they were like off in the distance, I don't know what is happening. Okay, so anyway." They talk about how she used to ride and she owned a horse when she yeah. was younger and it's he a whole thing. He grabs her when she won't take the eggs. He like kind of grabs her by the hips and moves her over and he's like yeah. very into that moment. He lingers too long. Um, and she's like, Jack? Jack? And that's when he finally lets go yeah. of her. Um, and then he's just mean to her the rest of the day. Yeah, but he's thinking little things. So like he gives something a little rub and then he's like, I'd like to give her a little rub right between the legs. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And so he says to her... And thank you for, oh, she says, thank you for taking me around today. I really appreciate it. He says, you're welcome. Then he thinks, how would you appreciate a big hard cock in your pussy? And then she's like, and look, I got my hands dirty. And I just feel like he's thinking these things about a child during this exchange. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, she has the banter of an eight-year-old. And then he's like, oh, yeah, let's see. And he grabs her wrists. And then he's he's circling his thumbs on her on her palms. Yep. And he's like, well, look at that. They're filthy. And she's like, ah, all of me is filthy. I can't <laughs> wait to take a hot dot, dot, dot. And then her voice trailed off as she stared at my fingers circling her wrists. I knew what I was going to do before I did it. I knew it was a bad idea. I knew I would regret it. And I still did it. And so they kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, <laughs> all of me is filthy. <laughs> I, just, I just need to take a hot steamy. Oh. <laughs> the shoulder wiggling on Melody is so intense right now. I just, I, this okay. was a great kiss. I mean, this is oh, a hot kiss. Awesome He's kiss. like looping her braid around his hand oh. and tugging her head back. Oh. And it's, it's, it's such a good real kiss. Good. But then he cuts yeah. it off and not because he doesn't know her or she's like this rich city girl or she's only there for 10 days or she works for him or anything. He breaks it off because she's not his wife and this is wrong and it's cheating on his dead wife. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I just... I had a hard time. I get freaking out about that. I get having like yes. a internal, oh my God, like I'm kissing this woman I don't even know and this isn't the woman I should be moving on with because I... 
right. don't even fucking know her. I got that, but like the idea he he believes himself to be cheating on his wife, right? In this moment, and that's that's a lot. I think I don't know. I agree, and I also didn't really like the response. I understand that, like, sort of the character's cornerstone. One of the character's cornerstones is lashing out, but in this case, you'd think that that he would blame himself. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. instead, he literally like screams. He goes full beast. Yeah. It's like, get out of here. Screams at her get to get out, out of, of his barn. Yeah. Go it away. It is a lot. I mean, pushes her. It's a it's a whole thing. So then she gets into her car and goes back to the cottage crying. Yeah. And her internal monologue, she's like, oh, I probably pushed him too far. He's probably upset because I work for him. I'm like, no. You're not an idiot. You just looked at his wedding photos. Like, right. Duh, Margot. Which are still up. Yeah. Yeah. He's still wearing his wedding ring with the hand that he was tugging your hair with. Like, maybe that right. could have something to do with it, Margot. You dummy. No, but here's the thing it was the best kiss of her life. And just his raw masculinity has her, just all her brain parts are scrambled. Mm-hmm. So. Actually, she does talk about wanting to throw her panties anywhere, <laughs> like just anywhere as long as it's off her body, which I really liked. <laughs> she is funny. Like she's, she's really dumb, funny. But she's really funny. Her monologue. yeah. Then we have then first goes of to several a cemetery. All right, I hate first this. of two, but it felt like several. Really, I thought there were three. Anyway, there might have been three. I don't know. I hate this. I did not like this device at all. So he has an actual conversation with his dead wife where he's talking to the grave and then she's responding in italics, kind of like, um, kind of like death and a Neil Gaiman, (laughs) like something. Yeah. I hated it. I hated it so much. The thing about when somebody close to you dies is you don't get this anymore. Exactly. This is literally the most painful thing, I think, when somebody close to you dies is you don't get to go have a conversation with them about what to do next in your life. Yeah, I think that the two things that are the worst are, A, you can never recreate interactions that you have with them, no matter what you do. And B, it's been three years. He in my opinion i was by this point with my dad i was at the stage where i was starting to feel overwhelming guilt because i i couldn't remember mm-hmm. certain physical traits right i had a hard time picturing him in my mind anymore without the aid of photos and that is something that tore me apart mm-hmm. but that's a different level of grief that you that you get to after a while you right. know it's it's sort of the self-flagellation that comes with the human memory. Mm-hmm. So this thing, A, didn't make any sense to me, and B, made me just slightly uncomfortable because it made me think he might be insane. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I felt like it was such a cop-out because to me, the thing that is most frustrating about having to move on yeah. from somebody is, is knowing that you can't have the conversation about how to do that. And often right. that's the only person you want to talk to about how to move on from their death. And you can't. And that's absolutely that's the whole thing. And then he's just going to her grave and having like casual conversations with her about how to move on. And I, d- mm-hmm. I don't think you get that. You don't get that as a right. as a device. Right. So that's the whole thing. And she's like, oh, God, she's telling him things like, you know, it's not her. Oh, he, She actually says the words, you weren't in the car that hit me. And also, somebody with that much grief would never imagine 
the person saying that to them. Somebody who is that guilty about being responsible, like actually responsible for a person's death, wouldn't bring out logic like that when That's they're the recreating thing. the conversation with their loved one. Because this doesn't not, sound like it's coming from his head because she's contradicting no. him. So yeah, I it was really odd. Yeah, I didn't know what I didn't like it. He's very like, you know, your accident was my fault. And she's very much like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, she's like, sweetheart, never. Yeah, (laughs) which would never come out of his brain. It's almost like they're having this conversation for the first time. You would think that they if if he did really have a ghost wife that he was able to tap into at any Mm. moment, you would think that they would have had the conversation like, I don't know, the day after she got hit by a car and they have been having this conversation for the last three years. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Aaron, this is why Margot could picture him with his wife. <laughs> Ghost wife is everywhere. Ghost wife is projecting herself Ghost wife into, into Margot's dreams. Margot's, yeah. Oh my God. And she's like, hey, Margot, look she's at us. She's guiding Margot. Yeah. <laughs> oh and she's like, look at his big giant dick. You could have that if you make him happy. Oh my God. Ghost it's wife. like that movie with Richard Dreyfus and the fires. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I think it's Holly Hunter. John Goodman's <gasps> in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, he dies. He's do, a hot yeah. shot. He dies in a wildfire. And then mm-hmm. he's like in her head trying to teach her how to move on. It's just like that. It's an 80s It is. Movie. Ghost Wife is everywhere. I'm into it. Always. All right. That's why. That's the name of it. That's the answer for the rest of the the podcast. Okay. All right. So he talks to his sister-in-law, Georgia, about Margot because they're going to have a meeting. And... In his brain, he's going to prove to himself, he's going to go to that meeting because he's going to prove to himself that he can do it and that the kiss was a total fluke. So the meeting goes pretty well, except that he hates everything. Uh-huh. He might yell at her mm-hmm. and then he huffs Storms out off. of the, yeah, to the point that his brother is like, you don't treat a guest in my house that way. You apologize right now. Right. And fucker refuses she follows him out too right yeah. uh-huh oh yeah she follows him out and she's like what the actual fuck basically and he tells her <laughs> Get that away her fancy ideas and her shiny hair and her blue eyes are not welcome here yeah and she's like hmm <laughs> yeah <laughs> me thinks this is not about my fancy ideas at all yeah except that she doesn't at all she spends the whole day brooding and then she kind of figures it out she says yeah Oh, I know what his problem is. He's mad at himself and he's taking it out on me. This isn't just about weddings on the farm. This is about him being unable to handle the fact that he's attracted to me. Someone he sees as a spoiled, rotten, rich city girl who always gets what she wants. And even if he did hate all of my ideas, that doesn't give him the right to be rude. Correct, Margo. Yeah. But how did it yeah. take you a day to figure that out? <laughs> anyway. So, all right. this is one of my faves. Me so, too. Chapter 15, that's when the book gets good, everybody. Re- yeah. Go back, read that kiss, and then skip to chapter 15 and start reading now. Okay. Yeah. Because dare I say, everyone, it's on. It's on, Tia. <laughs> so. so, she decides, she liquors herself up a little bit, has a couple wines. She's like, I'm going to go tell him what for. Oh, it's so great. He's laying on his couch and he hears her (laughs) coming up to the barn muttering. It was quiet at first as if she were muttering to herself, but it grew a little louder as she grew closer. So you can go to hell, asshole. I've never been so mad at anyone in my entire life. How do you say those things to me after what we did yesterday? You should be ashamed of yourself. And he's like, oh, it's Margot. Margot's outside. She's here to tell me off. She's here to tell me off. All right. (laughs) So great. So 
this is the best. He this needs to be a case study for all bachelor villains when they go on the tell alls mm-hmm. because she he comes out and he, and she's like I have things to say to you mm-hmm. and he's like all right cool say them to me and he's mm-hmm. got his hands in his pockets and he's taking steps away from her because he doesn't want to be too close she to her she doesn't say anything that she said he goes so say it and then you know does what you said but she doesn't say any of the things that she said to herself on the porch which no. is always how it goes guys yeah she just goes. <laughs> the first thing she says is you're not nice and he's like he says i almost smiled no no i don't know what you have against me but i'm not here to make you miserable i'm here to do a job and i'm just as sorry about yesterday as you but uh you did not have to be such a jerk to me today and he's like no i didn't and i'm sorry and then that she's just like so totally deflated yeah she's like wait what what things i had to say yeah. yeah. How how am I supposed to rant and rave now when you just copped to your bad behavior? Right. And he's like, did you Dick come knows? here looking for a fight? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. Yes. Yes, actually. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she's going to leave. He immediately panics because, okay, so his wife but died. Not before oh. she does the same thing again where she goes, why'd you do it? And he says, that's hard to explain. Oh, yeah. Wow, 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 dead wife, you just thought about it back a paragraph yeah, ago. Yeah, you just told and us. And she says, were you getting me back for spying on you? No, Margo, you just you just realized what it was about, him being attracted right. to you and not being able to handle it. <laughs> why, why are you trying to make him say it? It's so cruel every time. She does it every time. Right. So then he sort of won't give in to her ridiculousness. And um, she goes to leave and she's like, well, I'm just going to go home. And she's like, he's like, well, I'll, I'll walk you to your truck. And she's like, I didn't take my truck. I walked. And his wife died because she got hit by a drunk driver when she was walking on the highway at night. So the, he doesn't let the, anyone walk on the highway at night. Now. Nobody gets to walk ever anywhere again. Dead wife. Right. And so he's like, well, I'll walk you home. And she understandably is like, you're the last person yeah. I want near me for the 15 minute walk home. Right. Like, get out of here. And he's like, well, let me drive you home. And so he's got her and she's like, let go of me. And he won't let go. And then she's like, let go of me. And he goes, no, I can't. And whips her around. And then he just kisses her. And he's kissing her and kissing her. And uh, now it is now is it, it is officially on. So yeah. she's struggling to get free of his arm arms, his grasp. And he's like, oh, no, she wants to get away from me. No, 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 no. She's struggling to have her arms back so that she can wrap him around him like a vine uh-huh. and tussle his hair up real nice. Yeah, because he kind of lets and- go of her and then she throws yeah. herself around him. And he's like, oh, yeah. okay. So then he backs her up against a tree trunk. Uh-huh. And uh, fucks are real good. <laughs> fucks are real good. My favorite part of this sex scene, two things. One, she she says, you're so big. I'm not sure I can take it. And he goes, oh, you're going to take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I fell over dead. Well, and then he said, she says, you're so big, it hurts. He says, want me to stop. And she's like, fuck you. I want this. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. She comes and then he comes and he comes so hard that his knees buckle mm-hmm. and he falls down with her on top of him. There was a lot about this. It's a great time. It does say that the tree kind of hurt a little bit, but... Mm. Uh, 
hypothetically, if anyone on the podcast had ever had sex against a tree, <laughs> it hurts like a bitch, guys. Like, <laughs> it was, hypothetically, of hypothetically course. Hypothetically speaking, that hurts so fucking bad. And that would have been yeah. uh, the main through line of this narrative if this tree were real Tree bark life. is real rough. Uh-huh. And she would have not been able to wear any kind of little shifty, summery uh, sundresses for the whole rest of her time. Or <laughs> like, there's a part where she like, lays a bathing out in suit. a bathing suit later on. And I'm like, oh, are none of the horrifying scratches from the street still <laughs> plaguing you? Because yeah. for weeks, they should. <laughs> All right. So right afterwards, she talks to him like she she says she talks to him like she's wrapping up a business meeting. And she's like, well, uh, so that was nice and we should never think about it again right but not before he's like was that the fight you were looking for oh yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah they're like all right done handshake uh no condom all right that happened she's like i just had condomless sex with a farmer i met yesterday so that's where my life is headed i guess right right and then he drives her home marco is also very blue bloody about a lot of sexy stuff so, like, she's desperately trying to pull her dress down. And he's like, what you doing over there? And she's like, I'm trying not to get the seat sticky. And he's like, dude, don't worry about it. That's not like, blue bloody. I wouldn't want my stuff getting somebody's seat all gross. I'm sorry. He's the one who just fucked me without a condom <laughs> and then didn't offer the bathroom. Like, if you're just going to shuffle me directly out to your truck, you better believe your semen is going to get everywhere. I'm not apologizing for that. I just now imagine you, like, rubbing it on stuff on purpose, being like, asshole, didn't offer me the bathroom, rub, 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 rub. (laughs) I'm just doing the splits on his seat. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing back there? Oh, man. So, yeah, she can't stop thinking about him. Oh, and then we have a bit of a a Fifty Shades moment where new Margot and old Margot literally argue with each other. Uh Old Margot is like, you should never see him again. And he is so bad for you. And it doesn't make any sense. And new Margot's like, but his dick, though. (laughs) And uh, it's a whole thing. I, I also don't like when characters inner monologues literally argue it's one thing to process yeah all of your thoughts but they were like two separate characters and it's the only time even when you have multiple personalities yeah even when you have multiple personalities they should be polite enough not to talk to each other yes honestly okay so she next finds chapter out opens up muffy calls she finds out there's a special super duper gala yeah at the end of the month and so she decides yep. she'll go home then yes since she and Jack aren't seeing each other anymore. She's like, I'll just go back tonight. So she cleans out everything in the right. the cottage. She throws out all her food. She does all that. And then she finds out there's a storm approaching. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Inclement weather. <laughs> and decides, okay, I'll stay one more night. But now she doesn't have any food. So she has to go out and eat something yep. at a place that serves food like the same bar where she saw him last time no she purposefully goes to a different bar to oh, make sure i read that she that doesn't wrong. run into him i thought she and purposefully, then he, purposefully went to the same bar no oh. and the funny thing is is that he also Did purposefully the same thing. doesn't go to the other bar because she might be there and so they run into each other anyway they have a lovely chat next to each other that includes way too much wine because they start getting cute together. And oh, 
this is where the drunker he gets, I, I need your opinion on this. Yes. Because there was definitely an inner monologue about different kinds of fruit nipples. I was fine with I, it. Because he's a I, farmer. Yeah. He's a farmer. He's like, I wonder if she has peachy nipples or raspberry nipples or cherry nipples or strawberry nipples, it, like color-wise. Yeah. But then he's like, I just imagine licking up her creamy skin to get up oh, to the yeah. cherry on top yeah. of the sundae. Fair. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as strawberry creams, but <laughs> yeah. I just feel like he's a farmer, so he led me there okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, strawberry no, no, creams guy was just like a weird doctor. <laughs> so <I feel> like <laughs> it's not quite as bad. Yeah, he was just an inappropriate doctor. Okay, he walks her home. They're drunk. Wait, I just want to say something. He says yeah. that he met Steph when they were 16. They fell in love. And then he joined the military after September 11th. This is part. They have a deep conversation at the bar, which is really they nice. Do. About his yeah. wife and her life and everything. And uh, he's like, yeah. Then I went to the army for eight years. And she's like, she waited for you? And he's like, yeah, for eight years. Listen, guys, if you go into the army, you don't just like go into a secret compound for eight right. years. Steph didn't have to stay in whereversville and like wait for him. She could have no. gone with him to army. Yeah. That was really At weird least to, to me. wherever he was deployed in the US. Like they could have gotten married and lived you're on not base deployed together. Deployed in the US. You just like live a life. Like I'm here in no, the no, army no, I, sitting in my house, not I understand on a base. that, but she couldn't go to Afghanistan or Iraq. Sure. Yeah, but and, that's... and he apparently had two tours, but that would have been what, like two years each, usually. No, like nine months, sometimes oh, six. Interesting. I mean, you can have a twelve month, but that's that's on the long side. Yeah, yeah. So like six out of those eight years, they could have just been like living in a house wherever he was stationed. <laughs> Very weird that she like stayed in Michigan for eight years and waited for him. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Anyway, that was army time with Aaron. So he walks her home. And then as he's walking, she's like, you need to slow down. You do everything so fast. <laughs> and drunk. he goes, ugh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he goes, last night was not an indicator of my sexual prowess. Uh -huh. And she goes, well, I'm not complaining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he actually does like kind of a cute negging thing. Yeah. I found it to be pretty charming. Uh-huh. He says, look at you, unattractive, not too clever, uneducated, hopeless at farm work, a peeping Tom, and serious bladder control issues, which only what... It, the idea is that this is sarcastic and these things aren't true, <laughs> but only one of them is untrue and that's unattractive. <laughs> All the other things were absolutely correct about Marco. <laughs> she went to college. She's not uneducated. I don't know. Is that a goat? I don't know what college <laughs> know. she went to. Is that a goat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can be well-educated just with like a high school diploma, but... Yeah, but then he's like, oh, but you don't, you, you know, you've got some things going for yeah. you. And she tries to kiss him at the door and he just races away. It starts raining. She closes the door. She pees. She mopes around for a tiny bit. And then there's three sharp knocks on her front uh, door. This she's is like, my, man, it's him. It's him. Coming back to somebody's door is like one of my very favorite devices. Oh, I it's the love best. it. It's my yep. fave. Oh, especially when you pair it with the dirty talk he says later. Oh, yeah. Who dangy. <laughs> so she opens the door. He's drenched. It's pouring outside. It's thundering. It's lightning. And the moment they their eyes meet, they just 
pounce, lunge. Oh, they're all over the place. They're unbuttoning clothes. They're falling on the ground. They're they're doing all the things. And he starts kissing down her whole her whole torso and he's like, "I had to know how you taste. I got halfway home and I couldn't stop thinking about tasting you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. He says she tastes like strawberries in June, like cherries in July, and like peaches in August. And she goes, "Ugh, you make fruit sound sexy." <laughs> yep. So yeah, they do a lot of sex that night. Mm-hmm. Boy, do they! And the power um, goes out, so it's like pitch black, which I think is yeah a super sexy time to have sex. <laughs> pitch well, black it's room. pitch black. It's pitch black, and then it's candle lit. Mm, yeah. So. You know, we got both happening. Yep. She invites him to stay because the storm hasn't let up and he agrees and they have this really pretty talk actually. She's like, hey, is this weird for you? Like sleeping next to somebody who's not your wife? And he's like, "It, yeah, it's, it's uncharacteristic and everything, but it's not uncomfortable. Right. And then um, he sa- she's like, thanks for not lying about that. And he said, I'll never lie to you, Margo, I promise. And I made the note. He's going to lie to her. He's going to lie to her. <laughs> as soon as in a romance novel, they promise never to lie to each other. Mm-hmm. One of them's going to lie. That's 100%. right. 100%. That's right. They also do some more dirty talk. I mean, it's it's a good... There's like two sex scenes in this mm-hmm. one night that's that, that are really, really good. And then the next morning, she calls her BFF slash business partner. He asks her not to go home. So she decides not to go home. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then she calls Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, so... Fuck the client. And Jamie's like, I'm going to immediately forget that he's the client. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, Jamie is so great. She just puts her friend hat right on. (laughs) Uh, No, I wouldn't. Listen, Melody, I would not do this for you. I'm sorry. Okay. I would be like, you would would be like, I had four orgasms last night. And I would be like, client, 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 client. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just want you to know, don't call me for this. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Know your audience. Jamie really. calls it her forgasm, um, and she's very yeah. happy for her. So Jamie's a I better friend really than like, I. I do really like, she's like, um, she's like, I had four orgasms last night. One, two, three, four. <laughs> like, it's all one word on the page. It's so good. Um, yeah. So then she decides that she needs to go and help with chores because she needs to be in the presence of his pheromones some more. Mm-hmm. And th- they offer to do the farmer's market. But wait. First, she goes in to get coffee, and she, Georgia, has found them out. Georgia, the stepsister. Oh, yeah. Georgia like, saw so his So we car. noticed he wasn't home last yeah. night. Where could he have been? And Georgia's <laughs> happy about it. So just know yeah. she knows. Yeah. And um, then he asks her to help collect eggs again. But really, God. it's just a make out near the barn because nobody needs her help collecting no, eggs. No, because she's terrible at picking things up and putting them in another reachable place yeah she cannot take things from one basket and put them into another basket it's impossible she's so rich guys so hard it's so hard um so they go to the market she's talking about their brand and how they can redo the tables and blah 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 and then steph's younger sister comes to the table suzanne Suzanne. yeah she's a bitch real rude to margo yeah and she's like, you know, you're such a stranger around these parts. And he's like, yeah, I, d- I still don't like people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like especially now that your sister's dead. And it's a whole thing. So she like, Suzanne like grills Margot about why she's here and what she does and blah, blah, blah. And it's weird. Yeah. And then he and Margot 
get into a talk about like whether he and Steph were happy and whether they had like all the ingredients to make a relationship last. And he's like, no, no, no. The problem was we were too happy. Right. And then he starts battling himself because he's like having sex with her is one thing, but revealing all of my emotional landscape is not going to happen with her. So instead of being a reasonable human and changing the subject, he lashes out at her, yells, like, back the fuck off, stay out of this, this is none of your business, and, like, huffs off from his own farmer's market table. So he cools down, and he comes back and apologizes. He brings her flowers. Yes. Which is nice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hydrangeas because they match her eyes. She's touched by that. They have a great day. They sell everything because she's so good at sales and... He's so good at growing things. Uh-huh. They go to the bar again to get something mm-hmm. to eat. This is a weird moment for me where she says to him, what does a beat look like? I just can't. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She says, what does a beat look like? I need to draw them. So she asks him to draw three beats on a napkin. And then she draws a little banner over the beats and says, can't beat, B-E-E-T, valentini brothers farm and she's like look it's your new logo and we could even put your faces on the beats like the three brothers and i'm like that is the worst margo you're terrible at marketing margo like, <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. really rough like i don't even know if they grow beets do they grow beets <laughs> i don't think they do i don't know i, I don't know Maybe. That's rough. So then on the way home, she asks him what his favorite meal is because she thinks she might want to cook it. And then it kind of comes out that she doesn't know how to do anything, like light a grill and stuff. And she's like, no, I've never lit a grill. And he's like, how about this? I say things. And if you haven't done them, you have to remove a piece of clothing. And she's like, okay, but if I have done them, you have to remove a piece of clothing. So uh, she ends up totally naked because she's never done things like change a car tire wait tables, uh, mow a lawn, sleep in a tent. (laughs) Um, The only thing she's done on the list is pump her own gas. Uh, So he loses like a shoe and she ends up totally naked and then they bang it out in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls over and uh, they bang it out. I mean, a lot of those things I can understand. Like I hadn't I hadn't mowed a lawn until we moved to, until I moved to the city and I owned a house because in the country, we just didn't. We were so far out that we just didn't mow anything. And then I was a renter, but, you know, she had landscapers and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. She didn't mow lawns. Not because she didn't live in a place with a lawn. Yeah. But I I do also know people that have never learned how to change a tire and so don't. Like, AAA is just a thing that they have because they can. So they get back and he says that he's going to take her camping and she's like, okay, you can take me camping, but then you have to go to this black tie, great Gatsby themed fundraiser for the historical society in Detroit. Which sounds like like my actual nightmare. Yeah. And he's like, that sounds like my actual nightmare. And she's like, well, you know, tit for tat. So then they decide they need to bathe. Yeah, they need a bath. So they do a bubble bath. No romance novel in the bubble bath, just sexy times, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is a fair trade-off. Yeah. She goes down on him and she's like really polite about it. And he teaches her how to give a real sloppy BJ. Yeah. (laughs) But she, she says, I feel like you're holding back. And he's like, well, I am, but I don't want to like, I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't want to do I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Do. Yeah. Right. 
And she's like, no, do whatever you want to do. So he's like, okay. Um, and he's like, what I want is uh, your mouth to be so full of my cock that you can't breathe. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, right. it's pretty good. She uh, gets a little sloppy. He says, good girl. Now listen to me. I want you to stop being so fucking polite. Use your hands. Get messy. Make noise. Forget about being the queen of the prom and suck me off like the greedy little slut under the bleachers. Got it? And she's Love like, it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> she feels a little ashamed of liking that so much, but she likes that so much. So she loves it. Yeah, I was here for it. He goes down on her. Mm-hmm. And then they do a little bit of therapy where she talks to him about Steph a little more. And then he tells her the whole story about why he thinks Steph's accident is his fault. And that's because I guess there was in the nighttime a car that pulled up at a checkpoint that he was manning and the car did not respond to the warning shots and in fact sped up. Mm -hmm. And so they thought it had an IED or something. And so he shot out all the windows of the car. And then the next morning they realized it was a mother and three children. Yes. So he thinks that the universe has cosmically punished him for that. And that is sort of the reason that he's connected himself to Steph's death. I thought it was going to be like, I didn't. I told her I was going to have her tires changed. I really thought it was going to be a little more uh, (laughs) clearly related. Yeah, but it's it's not, which is fine. Because again, that's not how grief and the human psyche work a lot of times. Sure. So I was fine with it. But she like cries for him. And she's like, you know that it's not your fault. And and Steph would tell you that you need to move on. And Steph would tell you that you should marry me. And (laughs) she doesn't say that. But that's what she means. Oh, I love this. They kiss at the end of this chapter and he goes, her lips were warm and soft and tasted like lavender. And I wanted nothing more than to live in that kiss with her forever, to trap it under glass and stay safely inside, cut off from the memories that haunted me and a future that could never be. I wanted it so badly. I didn't stay the night. (laughs) So then she goes back over to their house the next day day and she's thinking about their crazy physical chemistry and if it she's like she's really being like no we can make this work we can we can do I this have feelings for him and we can yes make. they talk more about like their crazy plans for the farm that don't really matter and the next thing she knows she gets a text from him he's they had decided it, it was wednesday when they had the bubble bath thursday right. he said he had to watch cooper a little kid all day and then friday And and Thursday night, he's going to watch Cooper. So they're going to go camping on Friday. So Thursday day, he texts her and says, hey, you want to go hang out with me and Cooper at the park? And and later he invites her to spend the night with them. I did a lot of herbsing through this. You probably You know what? And thus begins a beautiful chapter (laughs) where we watch... Oh, my God. We watch Jack just parent the shit out of this kid in the sexiest way possible. Lame. They do park stuff. Lame. He does the stupid uncle thing where he fills a kid full of sugar, which is not a thing. Aunts and uncles, stop doing that. (laughs) Then they do bath time. They do bedtime. They do dinner time. They do all the times that you do with kids. And she is just getting wetter by the moment. (laughs) And frankly, so was I. So then she goes down to the kitchen and the monitor is still on. Jack's usually really careful about turning off the monitor when he goes to help with Cooper because I think he's there's a little piece of him that's a tiny bit embarrassed. But then we hear him singing to Cooper when he goes to sleep and just chatting with him and being the ugh. 
I so couldn't tell you what we, happened because I literally skipped five pages. I was like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so he goes back down and she rightfully is like, I can't talk. I'm a puddle. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty foxy. So they order pizza. They have some wine. They play cards. She's good at gin rummy. Uh-huh. She Oh, she also had never played gin rummy, which I think is a pretty common I think it. Game. I Am think I it's wrong? regional. I think it's like euchre. I think it's a regional thing. Do you know euchre? Yeah, because I don't know euchre. I don't know euchre. But I, and actually, I don't play gin rummy. I play gin. Yeah. Where you hide all your cards. Right. So, I mean, but also my Nana was pretty upper crust and she taught me to play gin, but she also lived in Hawaii. So maybe it is regional. Anyway. Is this the same Nana that you would have a dream threesome with? Oh, no. Don't talk about that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it like what happens on the Red Podcast stays on the Red Podcast? <laughs> Yeah, obviously. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. (laughs) I'll never bring it up ever again. Okay. I mean, she had a really serious nipped waist, you know? I can't can't fault her for her style is all I'm saying. Fair. Okay. Yeah, so he thinks about all the things he wants with her but can never have because he can never change. And uh, uh, I don't know. Then So they spend this whole day together getting friskier and friskier as they go because they don't want to fuck in in the brother's house. Right. So then the brother gets home. They get relieved of duty. And instead of going back to her cottage, he just takes her to the closest place he possibly can, which is his cabin. They, they run up through the, the steps. forest and like, oh, they're man. so excited to be together. Yeah, they're basically nymphs in a satyr, you know? Yep. And they're going up the thing and then he hesitates before they even get in the door. Duh. And she's like, we don't have to do this. We can go back to my cottage yeah. right now. And he's like, no, we must do this. But then so he, he gets inside and he's like, we can't do this. Like, it's, they do, but he's very like does not want to do this in his house. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess she once again is like, no, but seriously, though, because he's kissing her. Yeah. And she's like, but seriously, though, we can't do this. And his body, I think, was going through all of the motions while his brain was being like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But they have really, really passionate, intense, like emotional sex. And afterwards, she is like, wow, that was something different and he was like i don't know what you're talking about yeah because he's like he's like no that was definitely in his inner monologue he's like that was definitely something crazy and beautiful and scares him to death yeah and so he's like this has to end tonight yeah i'd let her in i'd let her get close i'd let myself feel again worse i brought another woman into the sacred space i'd broken a promise i dishonored a vow so he's cheating on his wife again um, and then he says he has to end it, which which is weird. Yeah, you're not cheating on her unless like being in the afterlife is constantly cheating on you. Like, I don't understand. Well, especially because he can just go have a conversation with her right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she would assure him that yeah. he should be up in that pussy. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph is a cool, rad chick. Yeah, <laughs> she um, is all about him moving on. So then he full on white fangs her. Just like didn't mean yeah. anything to me. Go on, girl. Get. <laughs> He there throws were, rocks. Get out of here. Get out of here, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you anymore. You're better off without me. Yep. It was um, just sex, he says, like all those yeah. sorts of things. She starts to cry and says, well, don't you feel anything for me? And he's like, nope. 
Uh, so that's the end. Yeah, of that. but inside, he's like, she's like, "Wow, I was so wrong about you," and he goes, "God damn it, you weren't wrong about me. Uh-huh. I just can't handle my feelings for you. I have no place to put them. They don't fit inside me. Don't fit inside the life I have to live. I have no choice, Margot. Can't you see? <laughs> like that's his italicized inner monologue. Yeah. So she, the ride back to the cottage is really, um, really quiet uh because she's crying and Uh he's and then at by the end of the ride though she has become like the dalai lama and she knows exactly what's wrong with him she's like oh no it's not all the things he's saying out loud it's because i scared him right like and she tells him as much and he white fangs her again and she's like all i want is a chance with you a chance to make you happy and he's like i've got no chance to give you and then it's right, over. Right. So she goes home. Yeah. She goes home and she is trying to move on with her life. She's doing all the things that she needs to do to move on with her life. How do you feel she, about this like revelation that she has? That she's like, I'm not a good person because I don't do enough charity work and I like manicures. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> So she goes back home, guys, and she's like, I have all this money, and now I hate that I'm this kind of girl that loves fashion and loves manicures and pedicures and loves blowouts and massages and things and luxury, and there are people in the world that have diseases, and there's homeless people and blah, 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 and it's like, well, Jack was Jack was passionate about organic food, but I don't know why he's awakened this, like, humanitarian in her. That seemed kind of weird. Especially since the whole point was her going up there so that they could make their brand known to rich people right. who could afford to buy their organic food. He wasn't trying to stock schools yeah. with food. Exactly. I mean, like, I like that not... she had this revelation. It makes her a better person. Yes. She goes out, she yes, gets yes, a tattoo. Yes, yes. She stops wearing so much stuff on her. You know, she's going to like have a more natural look because she feels like a different person. Fine. But it just seems yeah. to kind of come out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere for me and it was so, I was just waiting for her to say that she was going to go on a six month pilgrimage to somewhere backpacking. You know what I mean? He constantly would tell her about how Steph didn't like any frilly stuff and Steph was just like, she wore her boots with her wedding dress and blah, blah, blah. And to me, it felt like she was trying to be more like Steph. Transform herself Which was a little rough for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then- I also had a really hard time with the conversation she had back with her friends mm-hmm. because the whole thing was just like, woe is me. I'm a terrible person. I don't even know how you can like me. Of course, he didn't want me. And it just felt like the whole time she was fishing for compliments yeah. from her best friends. And I'm like, they they obviously like you, bro. And it's insulting I don't... to her best friends like because they yeah. live the same life. So uh, long story short here, he is also in agony. He does two incredibly stupid phone calls to her where he's just like, he calls her, she picks up and he's like, I just need to hear your voice. I'm in agony. I miss you so much. I just need to hear you. I just need to see you. And she's like, okay, have you changed your mind? Right. Do you want to be with me now? And he's like, no, I can't be with you. And she's like, okay, you're the worst. Goodbye. Right. Like, I'm trying to get Why over you. Why are you, you calling Why me? Why are you calling me? He does it twice. And both times it just yeah. shatters her. And he's like, no, I don't want to be with you, though. So then he's calling her and she stops picking up because, of course, no, she does. he does that. He does that even that worst thing where he's like, no, don't you understand? I want to be with you. I just can't. You're like, oh, horrible. Get out of horrible. Here. But I will say, here's one thing I loved. 
he goes, he has another graveside actual chat with his dead wife's ghost. Ugh, you loved this? I hated it. No, 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 no. I didn't love that part. Oh. But here's what I loved. There was no magic penis our love is oh, going to yeah. save anybody. He stays away from her for about three weeks because he's like, no, I need to make some tangible changes in my life before I'm ready to be a partner to anybody. He gets back on his meds. He goes back to his therapist, cleans out her clothes. He buttons up a mm -hmm. lot of his life that had been keeping him in this emotional purgatory. And he does that all on his own with the help of his family and his resources and his wherewithal. Yes. And it is awesome. That is good. I just have to say it one more time, though. He has to go to his wife's grave and have a conversation <laughs> with her to get permission to do this. And when you lose somebody in real life, you're never it's going not, to get permission from right. them to do this. And so it right. bothered me so much as a literary device yeah. because I felt like it was cheating. You have to make that decision yourself. That person's never going to come back and tell you it's okay. Yeah. Her ghost like chastises him. She's like, what? Why aren't you know that the meds were helping you sleep and you know that therapy was helping you? And once again, I feel like there would have, if this was the case, they would. this would have been an ongoing conversation. It wouldn't be a surprise to her ghost that he wasn't going to and therapy. And it wouldn't be a surprise to him that her ghost felt this way about him right. going to therapy. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that he did all these things. I hated the reason he did it because it, it's not real life. Absolutely. But he does do all these things. And then he, when he feels like, he, at the very least, is on the right track to be a person who can be a partner again. Then he's like, now I will do my grand gesture. So he calls Jamie and he's like, Jamie, I need your help. And she's like, well, I'll get you a tux and a haircut and we will do this. And so he's going to go to her great Gatsby party. So he stalks across the room as she's talking to her mother. And her mother is chastising her about the tattoo. And her mother is telling her that Sir, Sir Thurbola Lewingston's Thurber Lewiston women. The, Thurber women. Yes. The, they, do not marry <laughs> they for love. Got, they, they marry they for yeah. money and family. She's like, no, you don't marry for happiness. You endure the marriage for the lifestyle. No, love is for children and poor people. That's right. Yes. That's right. So he stalks across the floor and she's like, mother, uh, may I please be excused? <laughs> and they chat. He tells her all the changes he's made. He tells her that he wants to be with her forevsies. And they decide that that's going to happen. So huzzah. Yep. And then we've got an epilogue, which... I also hated. Really? I didn't hate it okay. so bad. No, no, no. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I just couldn't believe she was still so terrible at <laughs> this thing after a year. Yeah. So it's a year later. It's the anniversary of their first meeting. She now lives with him in the house and they were supposed to spend the morning together in bed because it's their anniversary. But instead, he plans an elaborate thing where he's like, I need you to collect the eggs, please. He leaves her a note. And she's like, herm, herm, herm. No he copy was made. But I hate collecting eggs more than any other farm chore. And it's like, really? Because there are some real bad farm chores. You want to stick your whole yeah. arm into a cow? There's one. Right? You want to yeah. shovel shit, Absolutely. literally? Bale hay? Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry. The, picking up one yeah. an egg from one basket and putting it in another basket, pretty light for farm chores. Because I can't imagine her milking anything. Pretty light. 
So she goes and like, it's this whole proposal situation where he picks up the eggs and each one has a little phrase written on it. And it's like, good morning. Did you think I forget? Blah, blah, blah. Turn around. And she turns around and he's on one knee in the chicken coop. And she says, yes, they live happily ever after mm-hmm. the end. The end. So yeah. So overall, I actually liked this book. I found it really entertaining. I found it, I giggled at a lot of places. Yeah. The sex was hot. Sex was hot. That tree sex The was, dirty talk was hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there were a lot of things that were really excellent about this book. Yeah. I just didn't like the way that they treated his grief and his PTSD and how, how yeah, much of same. a dummy she was. Yes. Yeah. Because I honestly don't know how she lived. No, I don't either. Other than I guess with a butler. Which, which I mean, I, that's know. fine. I just don't know how he could put up with that. He seemed like somebody who would not sure. put up with that much of a dummy. But. Sure, sure, sure. All right, Erin, do you have a lady love? I do kind of. Took the dogs out to... Okay, Rooster is a leash dog. I've always said she will run. When I first got her, two things happened. She ran out the door and just did not... Just kept running and never came back. And another time, my boyfriend at the time took her to pick me up from work and like let her out of the car to like run to me and thought that would be funny. And she ran past me onto the army parade field and disappeared. And so I've always thought Rooster is a leash dog. She will never, ever be not a leash dog. And David convinced me to take her to the dog park, which is only fenced on one side. Whoa. And let her go with goat so that they could run around and be friends. And guys, Rooster is a big time off leash adventure dog now because she has goat and we're a pack and she stays now. And so now we've been to that dog park three times this weekend and she's gone on a big rooster hike and she's she's just sticking with the pack. And when I tell her to wait, she waits. And when I tell her to come, she comes. And I feel like I should have done this long ago. And so, you know, just have a little faith in the people you love. Take off that leash. Maybe they'll be fine. I I was holding her too tight. Then I think Aww. she probably could have been an off-leash adventure dog for a long time now. I was just too scared. Well, you love her. Yeah. I understand that. So that's a, that's a dog metaphor we can all get behind, unlike the dog metaphor in Split. <laughs> 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 so if that rings true for you, you know, let, let go of the leash every once in a while and maybe people will surprise you. Or dogs, literally. Yeah. All right. I have two lady loves. Okay. One is make sure that you're registered to vote. Fair. Just check. Check it out. We've got some we've got some good elections coming up. It's the midterms and other things. And civic duty, you know, is really important and your local government actually has a lot more impact in your life than I think a lot of people think about. So, you know, vote in your city elections and your state elections and the national elections and register yourself to vote. That is my lady love. Because we've got protections that that you can have a say in. We've got a bunch of things. So let's let's do that. And although we are not a highly political podcast, I feel safe in saying that the Heaving Bosoms podcast endorses Stacey Abrams for governor of Georgia because she's a romance novelist. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, I did not know yeah. that. That's really She exciting. has a whole line of uh, romance novels under, I forget her pin name, but you can look it up pretty easily. So... Yeah, we we endorse romance authors that run for office. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. What's your other one? Oh, my other one <laughs> is pamper yourself a little bit. 
do whatever it is that you do just to take like a little bit to pamper yourself. Bubbles and books by a subscription. It certainly could be that if you want to pair all of your bath time needs with romance novels that just show up at your door. I don't know what sounds better in the whole wide world. Yeah, but if it's a face mask or whatever, just like try to remember to take at least like 15 minutes this week. Just do something that is solely, solely, solely for you. And just remember that Bosoms 20 will get you 20% off. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. So you can find us places. You can find us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. You can email us, heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Heaving Bosoms Podcast. We have this amazing group where all of us talk. And that is the Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult. We are on Twitters too. We tweet. And that is at heaving underscore bosoms. And then Aaron made us a bomb ass website that now includes media mentions for some of the reviews that we get in the medias. And that is heavingbosomspodcast.com. Yeah, we want to connect with you. We love talking to you. Yes. So keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love getting your hands a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as much as you love figuring out what a goat is and getting your hands <laughs> God. As, love yourself as much as you love answering the time old question is that a goat <laughs> <laughs> or putting neosporin on the wounds that you received having sex against a tree for weeks <laughs> weeks <laughs> alright um, I love you alright love you Mel See ya. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.